you had a business making millions of dollars per year, living the dream, would you just shut it down? I mean, OMG, what on earth would make you give up those kind of numbers? Gasp. Well, that's a story we want to tell today. Let's do it. What's happening? It's Robert Kennedy III, RK3. That's me. And welcome to another episode of the What's My Story podcast, the show where we find out how people got from there to here. Pivotal moments in their lives that may have defined how they experience success today. But before we dive into this week's episode, just a quick reminder of some of the other things that we've got going on. If you want to make sure that you start your week with a little bit of inspiration and aspiration and motivation, then join us for the Monday morning get up. Now, remember, we've moved our times. We've moved from 8.30 a.m. We are at 8 a.m. Eastern time on Mondays. So join us for the Monday morning get up every week. We're on YouTube, LinkedIn, etc., etc., all the things and all the places. That's where we are. All right. Now, the What's My Story podcast you're watching right now and hopefully you're not driving when you do this because that's not safe, people. So, make sure that you get set for Thursdays because we release the audio version of this podcast on every Thursday on all of the places, on all of the podcast channels. Go to your favorite directories, Apple, uh, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, all the places we are there. So Thursday mornings, this episode will be released on that day. Now, a couple of months ago, about a month and a half ago, we did something amazing. It was awesome. It was called the Story to Stage Summit, and we had nine phenomenal presenters. I know they were phenomenal because I was one. <laughs> we had nine phenomenal presenters that shared with you how to discover your own story and then how to use that story to attract your ideal audience, grow your visibility, and generate more income. And at the end of that, man, we had so many phenomenal results and people that just really loved what was happening. And so we wanted to make sure that you had the opportunity to access that as well. So if you go to right below me here somewhere, where is it? Let me see if we got it. Okay, there we go. It www.storyskills.club forward slash summit. You can access all of the replays for the story to stage virtual summit. It's only going to be accessible for another uh, three weeks or so. So make sure that you grab that because it's good. we're going to shut that down because we're going to be doing another summit a little bit later on in the year. So go to storyskills.club forward slash summit and grab the replays from the story to stage club. All right. Summit. That's the word that I wanted to use. I used the wrong one. It's okay. Now, Let's jump on into our episode for today. Today's guest is Michael Buzinski, and he is a visionary marketer that's dubbed 
by the American Marketing Association. Let me say it the other way. He has been dubbed a visionary marketer by the American, Mar American Marketing Association. He's the number one best-selling author of The Rule of 26. We're gonna find out what that is today. And he's a rock star marketing and lead generation expert. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Michael Buzinski. Michael, how's it going, buddy? Jam going on. I like yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well, Robert. How are you? Fantastic. I gotta say that the the hat. I mean, I'm I'm really digging the the, the headwear, man. I've I've got to get got to get my own. <laughs> I'm, gonna get, I'm, I'm I'm trying to get uh, get outside the box. I mean, you have the same hairdo. Yes, uh, we do. Pretty much from head to chin here. So <laughs> I'm. Uh... Love it, love it, love it. So tell us a little bit about what's what's exciting in your world right now. What's what's the best thing that is that really got your attention right this moment? Uh, the price tag on a new kitchen. <laughs> that oh is my, my gosh. wife wants. <laughs> yeah, that's the exciting thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's. Uh, I just got married uh, in December. Wow. And last quarter, uh, the four, qu quarter four of 2021, um, I actually was on the road on vacation in different countries for 30 out of the 90 days. That was the most exciting thing that I'm still kind of glowing over that. Um, wow. the, the one thing that I'm sad about is that we just canceled the European tour that we're about to do due to the uh, war in Ukraine. So wow. we felt that, that that wasn't a good, responsible thing to do. We put ourselves too close to the, yeah. to the danger there. And so, but uh, but this summer is planning the kitchen remodel. Yeah. In my 1940s is a mid-century uh, house here. This, this office right here is original to the house built in 1946. Wow. Mahogany walls, all nine yards, so. That's but the kitchen needs an update. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, listen, so we talked a little bit at the beginning here about your business. You're in the space of, of marketing and lead generation and really helping businesses to grow in, in that way. But you had this thriving business several years ago, and you decided, you know what? I'm going to shut this baby down. I, I don't think I want to do this thing in this way anymore. What on earth could cause you to shut down a multi-million dollar business? What was happening with that? So a little bit backstory. <clears throat> I had a, a, I did have a creative agency, which is um, an advertising agency that does the creative in-house. And so um, they call them creative agencies, um, where you have an ad agency, which is pretty much project managers and strategists who do all the things and then outsource most things and bring it in-house. Um, and so I had a pretty big operation in Anchorage, Alaska, 13,000 square foot facility. We had over 20 employees, was contractors, multi-million dollar sales years, a whole nine yards. The problem was, is that we had grown broke. So the bills could get paid as long as the sales were coming in. There were no reserves. There were, there was no glide trajectory of things com completely south, a whole nine yards. And this was back in 2018. I was looking at 
where I was, you know, as a business owner, I've been getting the calls. Hey, Buzz, you've you've arrived. You, you're you're living the dream. I'm like my pop, my personal pocketbook is not reflecting that. My workload week to week was not reflecting that. My ability to travel like I like to travel is not reflecting that. My mental health was not reflecting that. My physical health was struggling. All of these things. And um, I had this little coup d'etat that happened. And I decided after that, I was like, wait a second, I'm building this for other people right. so that they can be successful, both my clients and my employees. And I'm the only one that's not getting paid, right? you know, in many respects, not just dollars and cents, but, you know, all of the things that come along with, with uh, being successful. And yeah. so I literally remember the day where I sat in the middle of the foyer of my business and I go, I could do this for another five years and, and, and push it in a different trajectory that would better suit me. And I'm like five more years of my life, man, that sucks. Wow. So I'm, wow. And so I, I was like, or I could just shut it down, reinvent it and go in the, in the direction I absolutely want to be. Wow. And that's, and then that day, that's pretty much when I said, that's what we got to do. We wow. got to start getting a business that works for me, not a, me working for a business. Wow. I, I think there's something inside of that that I want people to understand as well. You said that you had a multi-million dollar business and yet, you were still broke, right? Because a for lot all of intents and purposes, I was well, yeah, not I mean, living the lifestyle of a multi-million dollar business right, owner. <laughs> right. You, you weren't struggling to get bread at the store, but you were not, you know, you didn't have extras. I mean, when people hear million dollar business, they're, they're kind of like, oh yeah, he's, you know, he's a baller. He's living the life. He's, you know, he's got a Lambo in the driveway. <laughs> and, so, and so you, you, you were not doing that. So how hard was it for you to um, kind of to make that shift because you have a business and all of us that have businesses know that there are people inside of those businesses who, who, who kind of depend on us to um, sustain them in some way. So what were the things that you really struggled with as you made this decision to shut this business down? Well... Luckily for me, most of my employees were young. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was, they were all using my company as a stepping stone to bigger uh, agencies anyway. Like they, a lot of my, my employees were right out of college and, you know, those types of things. And so for my folks who had families and whatnot, that was a big deal. And what I was, when I went to reimagine the business, I, I imagined a business that didn't have so many moving parts mm -hmm. um, and that really played to my strengths. And I didn't just say, okay, everybody, we're closing the doors next week. We're done. Um, you know, I had a building. I, we had, you know, th hundreds of thousands of dollars in equipment and furniture and all these other things. Like unraveling a business that size does not happen overnight. Right. So really communication became the key. And I had to think really fast, like, how is this going to relaunch? What is going to relaunch? And pulling everything apart and going, okay, how can we streamline this to where there is a profitability that plays to my, my strengths? And that's when I started having the conversations. Who's willing to work from home? Mm -hmm. Once they start asking those questions, people are looking for jobs that don't want to do that. Great. Awesome. 
go for it. The people who were just, you know, like I said, there was a coup d'etat. There were people who just didn't want to be there anymore. They, they thought they were in a bad company. So they, those people just said, oh, great, I'm out. And then they, they took off and, that, you know, and, and more power to them. That was great uh, for them, you know, uh, but the folks that still, you know, envisioned the company and was part of the culture and advocates for what we did for small businesses, those are the people that we created a glide path. And I kept them around as long as they wanted to be around. And most of them found that working in a uh, remote setting wasn't quite where they wanted to be yet. Remember, this is 2018. This is like two, a little over two years before COVID. People right. didn't understand what it meant to work from home, right? And so this remote culture hadn't been born. And so this is a huge shift, right, uh, for, for those folks. And then the people that I wasn't going to be able to employ because there were services we weren't, I wasn't going to be offering anymore because right. I knew I had to create a different company, something that was not the same because if we try to do the same thing over and over again and expect different results, <laughs> Einstein tells us we're crazy, right? We're insane. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's when, that's where I went. It's like, what's my biggest headache? A, a 13,000 square foot building. Anyway, wow. my, just, just to open the doors in the morning was 15 grand a month mm. with utilities, and all that other stuff. I had a staff, four of my staff. So 20% of my staff basically kept the building from, you know, kept it going. Right. Like there was things a building that size needs, you know, yeah. cleaning and maintenance and all the other things that go along with that paying all the utility bills. We had three different electric meters in the building. It took up a quarter of a block <laughs> type of thing. So that headache right there to be able to say, how do we not have a building? Boom. That started it to going, OK, we're going 180 degrees. We're not going to keep everybody here and sing Kumbaya every morning. We're going to let, we're going to find people who want to be in their own space and they put their lifestyle ahead of their job. So they're working to live, not living to work. Yeah. And so that yeah. meant I was looking for a little more seasoned staff, which meant that I did have to eventually replace a hundred percent of everybody that worked for me uh, before wow. we made the switch. Well, I want to talk about that reinvention or revisioning process just a little bit, because uh, a lot of times we, we, we get to a certain space with our businesses or something that we're doing, and we know that we need to reinvent, but we also have regular life or real life happening at the same time. So how do you balance that reinvention or that revisioning with the, the need to survive in your regular life. So you're, I want you to hold on to that for a second. We're going to go to a quick break and then we're going to come back and hear the answer to how you balanced revisioning and reinventing with living. Hey, do you need time to focus on the income generating activities that grow your business? If so, my office professional right. is Can the only me? agency you yeah. should consider. As an Optimum right. Business yeah, Support Agency, we provide so. virtual administrative um, support, so online group coaching, technology training, right graphic design okay. and web design services through our vendor partnerships. We also help you build relationships using send out cards, and we offer smart, simple legal coverage through Legal Shield. Contact my office professionals today and start growing your business tomorrow. Visit www.myofficeprofessionals.com. 
Yes, yes. If you need more help, if you need more than just two arms, you want to make sure that you have a team that's able to be effective and efficient for you. So go check out Teresa Robertson and her team at myofficeprofessionals.com. Let's get back to our session, our story with Michael Bazinski. So, Michael, so we've we've gone through this this series of events. You, you've kind of come to this re, this revelation that your business is not what you want it to be. Maybe you've made more of a job for yourself than a business. And so now you're trying to navigate uh, the employees who want to be there, who you can kind of take over to this next thing with you. And what is that next thing? And what does that look like? So how do you do this? Do you just go on a retreat and go to a monastery for three weeks and put this together. How do you, how do you come to the, how do you reinvent a business while life is happening? Man, that's, that's a million dollar question. Um, you make it up as you go. Uh, it's, it's like the biggest piece that I could say. Um, the, the balance of life. So I was really lucky to have who is now my wife as a life partner at the time. And we had actually only been dating maybe eight, nine months when this started happening. So like for her to stick around for the whole thing was amazing. And just being able to have somebody like that in my life made things a lot better. Um, I, it was not easy. I, for the first time in my life, I had experienced uh, what they call uh, anxiety attacks. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't, I wasn't, uh, my appetites was bad. The whole nine yards, everything was crumbling around me. Like I'd spent 15 years building this thing and there was no life balance. Like when people say like work-life balance, there was none of that. Everything was okay. What next? How do we, you know, not just fall through the floor. Mm -hmm. And the key uh, element in, in the whole thing was to stay positive. Some of my close friends uh, who are also business owners, they would see me and they're like, Buzz, how do you have a smile on your face? And I think that the one thing that made, helped me get through the whole thing was keeping a positive spin on what was going on. I made a decision to make things better in my life and that was a good thing. What that looked like, I have no idea. And the uncertainty <laughs> is definitely what creates a lot of that anxiety but it will work itself out. I will work it out. You know, I didn't leave it up to any entity or anybody. I didn't look for a guru because I felt that I needed something. I needed to think outside the box. I needed to be another, you know, visionary uh, version of myself. You know, what got me there won't get me to where I want to be. So I need to rethink what that looks like for me. And yeah. so really staying honest with myself and saying positive what was going on around me helped because otherwise I would have just got engulfed in that negative energy and just, you know, feeling sorry for yourself and feeling beat down and feeling defeated and all the things that goes along with that failure, ultimate public failure, you know, and in a community that's only, you know, less than 400,000 people and, I, and people knew who I was, like one out of five people knew who Michael Bazinski was in Anchorage, Alaska for a while. And, um, so I, I took on that, that, that like public eye feel, uh, that, that just, I I can't even explain it. You'd have to, you'd have to experience it. It's just weird. Like you, you just feel like everybody knows you're a failure. And so when you're walking down the street, 
that's all you can hear is people's eyes saying failure, 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 failure. Wow. And it's the worst feeling. Like you just don't want to go anywhere, all that good stuff. But when I did go out and I did interact, I stayed, I stayed positive and, and, I, and I kept my eye on the prize, which is what does it look like on the other side of that, uh, right. the other side of this wall here. And that's yeah. where Buzzworthy uh, Integrated Marketing was born. Love it. Love it. So hindsight is twenty twenty. they say. So mm -hmm. as you have come to this place three, four years later, and you look back, is there anything or is, can you share with us maybe one thing that you, now that you know, that you might've done a little bit differently in your transition? The transition, I don't know. I, the transitions are very unique to everybody. Yeah. So I don't know what I did was the right way. Right. <laughs> it, it was good enough for me. I'm, I'm where I'm at now and I'm very happy. And yeah. I could, I, you know, I'm super happy I had to go through that. Right. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, is that, you know, 15 years in business, I'd, I'd already, I always heard that successful entrepreneurs um, are, they go broke, they go out of business or they, they, they have a failed business at least three times. Right. And <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'm like, well, I must be one of the lucky ones. But then I also think about all of the, the other businesses that I've been in. I was yeah. a part owner of a professional football team. I owned a cafe at one point. I had another media company that we were trying to launch. All of these things failed miserably. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I thought, well, maybe those are the three. Those are the three failures over there. And this is the cleaning thing. And it'll, it'll always be and it'll be a legacy, right? Yeah. And, um, but it wasn't. And so when that happens, I, I just don't think that you have this one thing that makes the transition, yeah. um, go smoother. But I will say that the one thing in the transition specifically is that not everybody knows what's going on. I don't care how much you think people know about you. Yeah. They don't. Yep. And there are so many things in the communication, my outward communication that I probably would have changed. Um, I don't know if I would have got any better results, um, but I went kind of radio silent for a little bit um, yeah. while I was working on stuff instead of like really leaning in and going, hey, this is what's going on. And so that, that will have rumor meals to go. And so I've heard some pretty extravagant stories about my transition that were yeah. absolutely the furthest from the truth. But it is what my competitors used to leverage themselves in the void. Yeah which was fine because what I left in the void were the things I didn't want anyway. And if they would have just came to me and asked, I would have said, I would happily hand these people to you. You didn't have to steal them from me. Yeah. I would have just said, Hey, listen, I'm going in a different direction. And these people, people who I used to trust, I, I would have given them to them. But now, right. you know, you find out who your friends are, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. There's this great Eleanor Roosevelt quote that says you wouldn't care as much about what people think about you if you recognized how seldom they actually do. <laughs> and, so, and so as you were, as you were talking about that, that fear of coming outside because everybody's pointing at you, that's really what, what came to mind. So let's talk about this book, the rule of 26. What on earth is the rule of 26? And that's like a weird number. Why, why 26? What's the rule of 26? So in my transition, I re-looked, I, I revisited what makes the, the marketing that I do successful, mm -hmm. right? And I, and I ended up focusing on digital marketing. So Buzzworthy Integrated Marketing is a website development and digital marketing uh, firm, okay? Um, and that's the only thing we do. 
Um, and we only do it for service centric businesses. So if you're selling a product, we're usually giving you to somebody else. If you're e-commerce, you're usually going somewhere else, um, those types of things. But if you're, you're selling a service, that's where we want you to be. Mm-hmm. That's who we, that's who we find the best re- reward for both. And one of the things that I found out was that, um, when I was researching why we failed was the fact that, oh crap, we weren't billing enough. And then we started looking at other things that go into revenue building. And while I was doing that, I started realizing that the things that I didn't believe in, or I not, not that I believe in, that I kept hearing my clients say they didn't believe in mm-hmm. were tied to why their digital marketing didn't work. And that's because if you don't believe in what you're doing, and it doesn't matter what the tactic is, doesn't matter what the strategy is, you will sabotage it somehow. So I had to find a way to convince and show math-driven facts that if you put energy into your website, it can become the salesperson that sells for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, doesn't ask for a raise, doesn't take sick days, you know, the whole nine yards, and says exactly what you want it to say every single time, right? That's what I needed them to do. So when I start taking a look at like, well, how can I prove this? Then I start looking at KPIs or key performance indicators that marketers use to show success, show weaknesses, all those types of things. Well, you go out there, HubSpot has like 38 KPIs. Um, uh, Shopify has over 70. Like who wants to pay attention to that many? As a marketer, I don't want to. So the whole rule of 26 was me boiling down KPIs to the core KPIs that strictly move the revenue needle. Right. And I came up with, I found three specifically that if you increase each of these KPIs by 26%, you will double the amount of revenue coming from your website. Wow. So now I have this rule that I can show people in five minutes. I can show you that if you increase your, uh, your unique traffic, your conversion rate and your average revenue per client by 26% each, you will get a compounded effect of hundred percent more revenue coming from your website. All three. I can, I, I can help them understand. They don't have to understand marketing to understand revenue or traffic or what a conversion is because they do that themselves, right? They do that outside of digital marketing. So 26% came from the fact that I wanted a finite goal to show people and doubling was a good goal. Like everybody likes double the sales, right? Yeah. And it ended up being 26% for all three of them to get that 100% increase. I love it. I love it. So, man, I, 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 you went through some stuff right now, and maybe everybody didn't understand all of the, the numbers, the percentages, the KPIs, and I think the average person may not. They're just like, Michael, can you just do it for me? <laughs> I, I, just, I, just want to, I just want more money. I just want more yeah, money. Right? How about that? So do me a favor. Tell us, number one, where we can really get in touch with you and your business and the number one reason people should hire buzzworthy.biz. So you can reach me at buzzworthy.biz, which you'd see on the screen if you're watching it. Um, that's B-U-Z-Z-W-O-R-T-H-Y.biz for those who are listening. Um, that is our website marketing firm for search uh, for um, service-based businesses. The number one reason you come to us is because you want to move the revenue needle. You want to work with people who are looking after your ROI, your return on investment, not 
the flashy other KPIs out there that a lot of folks uh, rely on, or what we call the vanity metrics out there. Um, if you if you want to learn more about the Rule of 26, please go to ruleof26.com. I have it in paperback, um, and I also have an ebook on Amazon. Love it. Love it. Michael, this has been fantastic, man. You have a fantastic story. And I think those of us that have been a part of this or have been listening today are really freed in some ways to move from the pain that we may feel to the potential that's in front of us. If, if we just give ourselves permission, I see a couple of comments here. Uh, Rich Graham is saying, man, I feel seen right now based on the story that you've shared. So hang out in the green room for just a few moments here as we wrap this thing up and we'll, we'll chat soon. Thanks for being here. So Michael's shared an amazing story with us and I don't know about you, but I have had moments where I wasn't sure that what I was doing was the right thing. I've had moments where I felt like as a business owner, I created more of a job for myself than an actual business. The key here is to sit and be able to evaluate and reevaluate and assess where you are. Give yourself permission to live and walk through the pain that you're feeling. Give yourself grace for all of those things. And most of all, give yourself the willingness and the ability and the courage to move forward from the space of pain that you're in to a space of potential, your best space of potential. As we say at the end of every episode, don't forget, everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story and your story, yeah, your story deserves a stage. So get on out there and tell it. We'll see you next time on the What's My Story podcast. Peace. What's my story? How'd I get here?